I was invited to men's group by a coworker. When I got there, everybody made me feel very welcome, including Pastor Joseph. I didn't even know he was a pastor, and here I am. Since my time at Common Bond, I've come to know God in a deeper and more personal way. And as we discuss the Bible, He gives me structure and discipline that lets me hear from God and know the plan that He has for my life. This leap of faith has made me more dependent on God's words and promises. It's taught me to serve all people in every area of my life. At Common Bond Church, you'll connect with God through authentic relationships. You'll begin to discover more about God than you've ever experienced before and you'll begin to grow in your faith, your relationship, and your identity with God so that you can begin to lead for God by sharing His truth and love with others. This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and lead for God here at Common Bond Church. Welcome to our Sunday service at Common Bond Church. I'm humbled and grateful that you've joined me today as we worship the Lord together. We'll start by singing to the Lord, giving God the thanks and appreciation that is due to His name and all that He has done in our life. And then we will continue with part two of our discussion about prayer. It's a great opportunity for us to be recharged and understand what God wants us to do during this sabbatical season. Prayer is one of the most vital things that we can do to be recharged spiritually in the Lord. So let's get started right now by worshiping the Lord together in song. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
If I take what the world is offered, I'll have to come again, again and again. But just one drink of the living water, I'll never thirst again. read Isaiah chapter 56 verses 6 through 7 together. And the foreigners who joined themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant. I will bring these to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word and your scripture. It has the ability to create tremendous power within us. Lord, we pray now that what you intended your word to do, that it's full of power, full of grace, full of strength, will come to our hearts and produce exactly in us so what you desire. Lord, we submit ourselves to you and allow you to form and shape our hearts right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When we come to God in prayer, we should leave as changed people. That's what the Bible teaches us, and those who are strong in the faith, that's the legacy that they have left to all of us. But oftentimes that doesn't happen in our life because we're just giving God a few words. We're asking him for a few things in our life. 
But today, as we begin to understand how to be recharged spiritually in the Lord, we want to understand that God wants us to be changed people every single time we come into prayer. And so that's an exciting idea and theme to grab hold of during this discussion time. So let's begin to turn to our discussion right now so that we can see how we can be recharged spiritually in the Lord so that every time we come to pray to God, we become changed people. Amen. So when we're trying to connect the dots of what's going on as God's house being called a house of prayer, what we begin to see is that we're the house. We are the temple of God and God's spirit resides in us. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and resided within the disciples and he resides within every born again believer. If you think about scripture and you think about the whole um, walk between Jesus and the disciples, they saw him do such profound things. He changed water into wine. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He caused the lame man to walk. He gave sight to the blind. Yet it was not those things that they asked Jesus to teach them. It wasn't that that they asked him to teach them. It was when they would see him go off in those morning hours and stay with the Father. They made a connection that it was something between this communion that empowered him, that caused him to be changed and different than what they had seen before. And it caused them to cry out, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus in that moment did teach them how to pray. I think that something else was going on there too that we have to take uh, into account because Jesus took them out in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And he said, stay with me and pray. And they kept falling asleep, right? Like, like you haven't fell asleep in prayer. Don't act like you ain't never fell asleep in prayer. We all done did that, right? Uh, especially when you first start your walk with God in this prayer life, you go in there like, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then you wake up when you done been asleep. So we all done been there before and the disciples are there. And it, it, but I thought about this and I thought, why is it that they would fall asleep? What would cause that? Uh, and it's just me trying to think through the gospel, right? Trying to think through God's word because we're to love the Lord with all our mind, our heart and soul. So we should think about the things of God. We should think about the uh, messages that he has left for us, the, the history that he's left in his Bible, in his word. The Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed are for us and our children. And so we're to look in God's word to see how those, those what has been left for us is and what we find out from it being left for us. And so when I look in that and I see them sleeping, I would say, yeah, they probably were overwhelmed emotionally from the fact that he had told them that his time was near and he was about to die. I mean, you cry a lot, you go to sleep. After a while, you're like, okay, I just, I'm spent. I'm going to go to sleep. Uh, so they were probably emotionally overwhelmed um, and unable to stay woke, you know, just tired or maybe not even know what to say because sometimes we don't know what to say in prayer, right? God's word tells us when we don't know what to pray, though, the Holy Spirit knows how to pray for us and what to pray for us with moans and groanings, right? And he intercedes for us. And when you think about that passage of scripture, 
you realize that the Holy Spirit had not yet come into the disciples, even though we know in the Old Testament he came and went upon people when they were called upon to do something specific for God. But his permanent residing in the believers did not happen until after Jesus ascended. So thinking about that, were the disciples even really able to really pray uh, over this overwhelming sense of emotions and uh, hopelessness and everything. And so you think about that and you're like, wow, that's really, really an insight that we have to take into account. So Charles Spurgeon says this, he says, prayer itself is an art that only the Holy Spirit can teach. Pray for prayer. Pray until you can really pray. So prayer is something that the Holy Spirit does for us, right? We need him in order to pray. And Jesus knew this when he told the disciples, stay and wait. Because you don't, and I could be wrong, so I'm going to let you help me on this. We don't see the disciples really praying till they get to Acts. We don't see a lot of accounts. We don't see any accounts, as a matter of fact, of them praying until after the Holy Spirit has come and dwelt in them. And Acts is loaded with prayer. It's full of prayer. And there's a lot of corporate prayer going on here. Even when Jesus told them to go and wait, it became obvious to them that they needed to gather together and pray. We, we got to pray for the Holy Spirit. What does that even mean? What does that even look like? What what? So prayer became just breathing to them. How would you move in the plan of Jesus without praying? And it became very, very uh, evident to them that they would have to pray. And when you look throughout the book of Acts, you start seeing prayer becoming uh, foundational to everything the early church people did. Like it, That's why you saw so much power. You saw uh, not just the witness, but you saw the power of God's word by the Holy Spirit coming through their praying. So the importance of prayer in our life, it's vital to our breathing as a community, as a people of God. I don't think I ever told you this, but his wife got really, really sick and she was taken to the hospital and he was unable to go in with her because of COVID during that time. He couldn't go in and he was sitting in the parking lot just weeping and crying. And so I called and prayed with him. And from there, we started a prayer rally where we started driving around the hospital uh, for like uh, seven weeks. We drove around that hospital and prayed for the people in the hospital. So prayer is something that connects all of us in religion, even though we're uh, praying to a different uh, person and have our different you know, people that we're praying to, but it connects us in a way because we all tend to cry out to a higher power, higher than us. It's a matter of who you pray to. And we as Christians, we pray to God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the difference, the biggest difference in the different religions in the world and the prayer life that they have. And so he calls this place and says, this will be my house of prayer, uh, my house where people will pray, where the different people of different uh, nations will come and look to me and pray. Let's now have an opportunity to actively participate in our time of prayer. I want us to join together with someone in your home 
or even just engage into the chat room so that we can be praying with one another. Whatever God has on your heart right now, based on this discussion of prayer, let's pray with that with somebody in our home. Let's also pray together in the chat room based on what God is placing in our heart. We are understanding through prayer that God wants us to be spirit led. The spirit of God is going to speak to our heart, directing us that we should be praying about certain things in our life. So let's do that right now. What has the Lord placed on your heart right now for those um, either in your family or even what God is just saying to you right now in your life that we should all be praying about. Let's pray together right now. I'm going to pause. It might be awkward, but it's going to give us the space, the time, and the opportunity to actively participate together. If there's no one in your home, again, just get into our chat room and we'll begin to pray together. Let's pray right now. Amen. So we've been having such a good discussion. I want us to think about the difference between individual prayer versus corporate prayer. What do we see as the differences between those two? I think that in, um, there's a lot of similarities there, especially when, like I say, you can use the different formats and the different things. You see a lot of the same things happen. Uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, uh, supplication can happen in both individual and corporate prayer. What happens in corporate prayer is edification takes place. Have you ever been in a corporate worship? And I can say I haven't, where I've heard the whole body of Christ praying for me. Can you imagine how edifying that would be? So corporate prayer is a form of edification. Right. It's a form where you hear the heart of someone else uh, for you to God or about you to God. You also in corporate prayer hear what God has been saying to another individual, which may help connect or will help connect something that you have been praying about that may be missing. And it kind of helps you connect the dot or open your eyes to something that you may did not see or even know about, right? So there's no way that all of this is going to come together if all of us are off individually praying. How's, how's it going to all come together? I mean, I can't, I can't just like sit here and read your eyes and say, what, you, what did you pray? What did you pray this morning? You know, I mean, 
but we in this culture are so individualistic. That's how we are. We've kind of been taught, you know, my prayers, my prayer, private prayer life. And there are things in your private prayer life that you should not pray in a corporate setting. However, we should teach people the difference and how that looks. We should help people grow up in that. We should be trained in it. I mean, I'm still learning and growing in it. It's not that I have all the answers. And I think that as we begin to uh, move forward in this together, we'll begin to connect this together. It'll all come together for us. So it's a matter of us getting out there together on these training wheels and letting God take us on a ride. You know, God has shared with us that we can actually pray his word back to him. You know, he uses the word of God to guide us and to shape us. But those words are so powerful that we can begin to learn from them and tell God, this is what we want to see happen in our life. And so I want to use Isaiah 56 as kind of that example for us today. But we can do this for so many things. You know, if we want to learn about healing, if we want to learn about salvation, if we want to learn about uh, discipleship or witnessing to God, if we want to learn about our identity, we can actually go to God's word, find it in the scripture, and begin to pray over that for our life. And so today, since corporate prayer is our theme and our identity, I want to read what God says in Isaiah chapter 56, verses 4, 5, and 6, one more time again to us, and also verse 7. And then I want to pray for us as a community that we actually learn to have what is described in the Bible as a house of prayer. Isaiah chapter 56, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, once again says, For thus says the Lord to the eunuch who keeps my Sabbaths, who chooses the things that please me and holds fast in my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And also the foreigners, the outsiders, who join themselves to this community, to the Lord, to minister him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So let's pray that for our community here at Common Bond Church. Let's pray that, that God actually gives us the right kind of community that truly becomes this, a house of prayer for all nations, for all people. Lord, your word tells us in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 4, that you've also provided something special for the servants of God, the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who hold fast my covenant. You will not only allow them to participate in the worship of the church, to participate in the community of the church, but you're also going to give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Lord, we actually ask you to teach us how to be more dedicated to you, just as these eunuchs were dedicated in the way that you honored them. Lord, teach us to recognize that you want to give us an eternal name. You want us to be holy and righteous in you, but you have certain ways and certain pathways that will lead us in toward that direction. So Lord, we want to receive that with open hands, with an open heart, with a willing mind, with willing hands and feet today to be exactly the people that you've called us to be. Lord, teach us that you have a way for us to live and that we should not just ask you to bless the way that we live in this world and bring you into our kingdom, but Lord, we desire to be a people who live according to your kingdom. So right now, we want you to transform our mind that you give us the word of God that allows us to understand how to worship you fully and completely. 
Lord, you have a righteousness that is true in you, that is according to your covenant. Teach us your covenant ways, the ways that you have desired your people to look distinctively different from all the world. Transfer us out from the culture that we live in into the kingdom of God. Let us be uniquely ministers and ambassadors of your kingdom of this world that shines a light upon you so that all people may be attracted to this kingdom. Let all people now want to run into this house that is called your house of prayer because it is so welcoming and inviting of what you can actually do for us. And so, Lord, that is a privilege that we want to receive in you. So transform our hearts, transform our minds to live as ambassadors of your kingdom. Lord, I pray all of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If our time of worship today has been impactful to you, and the Spirit of God is leading you to take a next step of faith. We want to welcome you and encourage you on that step of faith with you. We want to walk right alongside with you. So if you're in our chat rooms, just let us know. If you want to go to our website at commonbondchurch.org and fill out a comment card or a prayer request, I will personally reach out to you by giving you some key and vital information that will be helpful on your journey of faith. Now, let me leave us with a word of benediction. May the grace of God be with us. May the mercy of God continue to abide with us, even in our dark times. And may the Holy Spirit encourage us. May the Holy Spirit speak to us. May the Holy Spirit direct our lives until we all see each other again. May the grace of God be with you today. Amen.